0: Okay, Devorah. I just want to, I just want to introduce you properly. So, give me a second. so you can see, I'm not that organized. Okay. Um, Why can't I find, oh, here it is. Okay, so, <clears throat> so Devorah, Devor, Devorah Bale is a, Rebetz in a number of shoals in Canada and the, US, and, and, and the U.S. She's an inspirational speaker and Torah educator currently over Zoom through the Village show in Toronto. She has her own podcast, called Accessing Your Best Self. And she is also an incredible spiritual life coach working towards certification through ICF International Coaching Federation. So with that, I would like to introduce to you, to Devorah Vale. Go ahead,
1: I'm putting myself on mute. Okay, hi, good morning, everybody. Um, Thank you so much for coming on to hear this incredible program this morning. Thank you to Naomi for being patient with me. I uh, I always have a raspy voice, but it's a little bit uh, more raspy this morning. Um, this program got me out of bed this morning, and I thank you for that because I just I'm not quite myself. And I guess, you know, that is kind of symbolic of this month of ELO, that uh, we're all working towards becoming more of who we can be. And, you know, many of us are hoping to become more of, of who we can be. So um, whether it's uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, we're all busy working towards that uh, goal at this point in time. So I I um, I know my the name of my class was Embracing the Din in Your Life, but what I'm really gonna talk about today is what needs to come before we can actually do that. It's funny that uh, I've sort of been confronted with this subject in my own life just in the last few days of embracing the din in my life uh, one of the things that we have to do before we can do this is really establish a relationship based on love with our maker with our creator with a kodesh baruch Hu, and realize that everything that he does for us in our lives whether it's the good that feels good or the good that doesn't feel so good is all part of his goodness So before we can really understand Dean, and embrace Dean, we have to really um, know what the month of Elul is all about. And I want to give over this morning something that really shifted my ability to enjoy and appreciate this month in an entirely new way. A lot of the Musters Farm focus on the element of fear um, when it comes to our Avotis Hashem. And improving ourselves, and with the upcoming uh, Yamin Noraim. And today, many, many educators, many Rabbanim, express the idea that fear doesn't work very well in our generation. Even with Yeshiva bacharim, it's fear tends to paralyze people. Fear tends to sort of feed into our idea of perfectionism, you know, that we have to be perfect in order for Hashem to love us. And it can actually work against us. And women, particularly, don't do well with fear. Um, You know, many of the Farm are actually written for men. And if we go back to the place in the Torah where the Torah is given to uh, the Jewish people, we know that the language is different in terms of how the Torah was given to men and how it was given to women, right? It says, tagid. Uh, uh, And Rashi there tells us that the word tagit is a harsh type of giving over. It's strong. It's fear-inspiring, if you like. And tomar is a more gentle way of giving over. One of the traits that women tend to have is that we're very good at beating ourselves up. We don't need any extra help at that. We're very uh, generally you know, always questioning ourselves, am I a good enough mother? Am I a good enough wife? You know, did I do that right? Am I thin enough? Am I smart enough, et cetera? Do I do enough chesed? And so women tend to be uh, very good at, uh, you know, going over and over their faults. I like to joke that, you know, if a woman's a few pounds overweight, she's fat. But a man, of course, could be 40 pounds overweight and look in the mirror and say, gee, I look great, you know? So we do have different natures and we have to be aware of that when we're working on ourselves because, of course, an inappropriate fear can lead to depression and can lead to despair. And that certainly is one of the ploys of the Yates Sahara, to get in our way of really becoming our best self.
0: Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, Demora, I see. I have you. I'm gonna just uh one second.
1: Yes. See you tomorrow.
2: I think her stuff is too holy for us.
0: <laughs> did she fall out? did she get offline? Oh, she just joined. Okay. Okay, good. Dvorah, are you there? One second. There she is, but she didn't unmute. Very severe. Yeah, Dvorah, you have to unmute. Maybe give her a request
1: to unmute. And open her camera. Hi. We're back. back again. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, okay. So, so what I want to talk about today is the dual nature of elo. Um Alo really has a mixed message for us. On the one hand, it's a time of closeness and connection. We all know that the acrostic Anila Dodi the do spells the word alo. And Elul, of course, we know Anila Dodiva Dodili is really expressing the incredible love between Hashem and the Jewish people, which is always a, a metaphor for the love between a husband and a wife. And this month is a month that has the potential of incredible closeness and connection to, to He whom we love and who loves us. Rav Pinkus says that Hashem is like an eagle at this time that swoops down and and hovers over his eaglets and encourages them to climb onto his back to make that little effort of jumping on. And of course, the eagle will soar up into the sky and protect his eaglets from all of the arrows of man. So we have this time. Which is characterized by the words Anila Dodili and Dir Shu Hashem Search for Hashem when he can be found, when he's close, when he's accessible. And on the other hand, we know that Elul is the time when we are approaching the Yamim Nora'im. And that is characterized by the verse Hashem Bali Shota ta'aretz. Hashem is coming to judge the land. And of course, that inspires fear and trepidation within us. So we have these two seemingly contrary feelings. One is, you know, this um, love. And on the other hand, it's this fear or trembling. And it's and it's expressed very well um, in Tehillim in Chapter 2. Davin Amalek writes there, es Hashem You should serve Hashem beira with fear, we usually think, right? And then it goes on and says, and rejoice with trembling. So these two words, rejoice or be happy with trembling, seem to be contrary messages. How can you be happy and at the same time be fearful? And this is the dual nature of Elul, which we somehow have to resolve, and live with during this month. So um, there's a wonderful mashtal that's brought down in many sparim that women specifically can relate to, which says that this month of Elul is characterized by a special <clears throat> guest coming to your home. And you want to get your house ready for the special guest that's arriving. Now you can picture in your mind who this might be, somebody who you really admire, you know, perhaps a very important Rav that calls you up and says, you know, I'm coming to Toronto, I'm coming to your town, and I'd really like to stay with you. And of course, on the one hand, you're completely overjoyed and excited and, and, and you can't believe that they chose to come and stay with you of all the people there. And yet, on the other hand, this goes together with this tremendous fear or, you know, um, all of a sudden you begin to notice, well, I don't know, like, I mean, is my house up to par for this person? All of a sudden you begin to notice that your curtains are not as fresh as they should be or that stain on the carpet, which you kind of ignored, you know, all of these months begins to look very glaring and you have to get rid of it. So the idea is that when a special guest comes to our home, we do extra cleaning. Our preparation is different and we begin to see our home through the eyes of that guest through an incredibly different standard than we normally look at our home. And this is what ELO is supposed to be like. On the one hand, again, we're excited the guest is coming. On the other hand, We have new glasses on saying, how does my home look? Is it up to par for this guest? So there's a medrash that goes along with it that says basically that all year long, we try to be a good person, but when Hashem is coming, we suddenly see our actions from a different and a higher standard. I remember when this happened to me, I had a friend um, who really took care of me and my family in the bungalow colonies in New York. My husband and I were in Robinson and Binghamton, New York at the time, in the Catskills. And I needed some, you know, Jewish experiences for my kids in the summer. And another rabbi suggested we go to the bungalow colonies. Well, unlike everybody else, my husband would go home for Shabbos, back to the shul. As he used to say, I work on Shabbos and all the other husbands would come up on Shabbos. So I was alone with my five kids. And there was always this one woman in the bungalow, of course, she was the one with 14 kids who was crammed into this tiny little bungalow, who would always invite me and my kids over for Shabbos. And, you know, we'd squeeze in there and feel like part of the family. And she didn't do this once, but she would do this over and over again, every single Shabbos. She was the one who delivered fresh rolls to my bungalow, uh, you know, after a fast. And was always you know sort of very attentive to my needs meanwhile we kept up over many many years and one day she calls me i think it was about three four years ago and she says devara i'm gonna be in toronto and i want to see you i'm not even going to stay with you but i want to spend the day with you and the feeling that this michelle expresses was exactly what i felt it was Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I can't believe it. She's coming to my house. I can finally do something for her. I can finally try to repay her in some way for all the good that she's done for me. And at the same time, of course, I was thinking, oh no, what am I going to wear? What am I going to feed her? Are my kids going to behave? You know, what am I, you know, it was such pressure on the other hand. So this is the kind of reconciliation that we want to have in Elul, between this tremendous opportunity, where Hashem is saying, I love you, come close to me, I'm here for you, tell me what you need, and on the other hand, we have this incredible awe or fear of not letting Hashem down, of being our absolutely best self. Now, just to continue a little bit about this idea of, actually, there's not very much time left, am I right? Is there only two minutes left? No, no, you have more time. We started late. Go ahead. Oh, okay, fine. So I want to talk a little bit about these different types of fear. Uh, The Rambam actually talks about Yira, because, of course, fear is a part of our Votis Hashem. But he says there's a type of fear that is the fear for tipshing. The word tipeish means stupid people or foolish people. Now, this is the type of fear that is motivated by the fear of punishment, the fear of consequence, right? In other words, I'm going to be good because I don't want to get it. I don't want to get a licking, as my parents would say, you know, licking coming, right? I don't want to get into trouble. But this is a very low level type of fear, uh, the Rambam explains. And says this is the kind of fear that's um, epitomized by Paro in the Parsha, by Pharaoh, right? Every time it's really bad, he says, okay, 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 I'll let the Jewish people go. You know, stop twisting my arm. But as soon as God relaxes things and the plagues disappear, Paro has a change of heart. So this kind of fear is a fear that creates a momentary type of change. It doesn't create a lasting change. The type of fear that we are looking for in the month of Elom is again, this Yiras HaRomamus that the run describes. Yiras HaRomamus is based on the appreciation of the other person's greatness or of Hashem's greatness, if you will. The fear that we have comes from the juxtaposition of me next to them and this fear is commingled with love my fear is the conscientiousness that I want things to go well in the relationship I want my home to look great when this wonderful woman from the Catskills comes I want to make sure everything's perfect because I love this person so much because this person is so important and meaningful to me and I don't want to let them down so, <clears throat> very important during this time to have the happiness factor in our avodas Hashem, to realize that this is a month of positivity, not a month of negativity and beating ourselves up. And the reason that we tend to do this again is because we know that the Yaming noraim are coming up, the Yom Hadin, the day when we will have judgment. But we have to foster and build in this month on the love relationship, on the positive relationship, on the fear that comes from wanting the most actualized love relationship with Hashem that we can possibly have. And one of the things, one of the dangers of this time, Rav Pincus explains is that people tend to think of their relationship with God as a vending machine. You know, I'll put in a little bit of tzedakah. I'll put in some tshuva. I'll put in some tefillah, a few tears. And Hashem, you'll give me what I want. You'll give me health. You'll give me karnassah. You'll give me shidduchim for my children. I've just got to follow the recipe. And that's what's going to happen. And Rapinka says this is a dangerous type of relationship. Because it's not the ideal one. Again, it's mechanical. It's short term. What we want to do in Eloh. Is have a shift of attitude. Chuba means to turn, to return, to come back to our true essence, to come back to that which um, enlivens us. And of course, that can only be with a closer connection to Hashem. The Yira is only there to help us raise ourselves up to that level of closeness. As a matter of fact, um, Rav, uh, Rav Nassan rachvogel says that the avoda of Elul is going to be in the assay tov focusing on doing good whatever you already do he explains whatever you're already doing well put a little extra into that right you're already making chicken soup for the neighbor so make enough for the entire neighborhood whatever right (laughs) you know you already you know serve your husband dinner so do it with a little bit more of a smile maybe make the plate a little bit you know uh more elegant you know like pretend you're serving that special guest that just you know comes only once in a while whatever it is that you're already doing try to do it a little bit better instead of focusing on your negatives strengthen your strengths right there's an expression i don't know who said it maybe it was ravi so salant who said, oi to the person who doesn't know their weaknesses, but double oi to the person who doesn't know their strengths. So what Rav and Woltfogel says is, El is a month of positivity. Anything that we do that is negative or that is not who we want to be, so to speak, it's considered to Hashem like it was a fluke, right? It wasn't really me, Hashem. It's not really who I wanna be and who I am. And that's the, um, the essence of this month of Elo. Next to Adar, women, ladies, uh, Elo is considered the happiest month of the year. A month of tremendous opportunity to achieve joy through this connection to Hashem that's available to us. Elul is about widening and stretching, stretching our strengths. The goal of Elul is to open your head and widen your heart. Whatever you do now, as I said, do more of it. You're already saying brachas, so say one bracha every day with more kavana, thinking about the words you're saying. Slow down. Choose one thing that you already do that you want to do a little bit better put more of yourself into a mitzvah mitzvah we know that um, another uh expression that um is uh connected to el is ish matanos sorry ish lara uh, who right an expression from purim so when we're talking about our relationship obviously that we want to widen and deepen with hashem we also wanna do this with other people around us, especially with people in our Circle One. Now, circle One is a, is a concept that I use and you'll hear a lot about it if you tune into my podcast, Accessing Your Best Self. Circle One is, are the people in our lives that we don't choose. They're the people that Hashem chooses for us, that He puts in our inner circle. And they're the people that really measure for us how much we've grown, right? It's easy to be nice to the people out there, your circle two people who are the people that you choose, right? The people who bring out the best in you, the friends that you like to get together with, that you can speak to endlessly on the phone. But um, the circle one people are the people that tend to um, trigger us. And so we can really measure our growth in the way that we are behaving with those circle one people. And so again, L is the time where whatever we're already doing well, we wanna try and capitalize on that and go the next mile and do it even better. Um, Okay, let's see if there's anything else that I can add to this. I have a few more minutes. So back to these two levels of fear, the run in his Drashas Haran, Rabbi Nisim talks about again, the the lower level of fear, which is a fear of consequence. And he says, this kind of fear is, it's very difficult for this fear to coexist with love because it's a selfish type of fear. It's very self-centered. It's about, I care about what is going to happen to me. I want to escape, you know, however I can, punishment and consequence the example that's given is you know let's say you're walking in a dangerous area and you feel a gun at your back so your fear is the fear of the gun you have no relationship at all with the holder of the gun okay because you're focused on what's going to happen to me and this fear does not coexist healthily with love The year at Haromamut again, the second and higher level of fear, which is the fear that we're going for in this incredible month of opportunity of closeness, is based on the appreciation of the greatness of the other person. We said that already. It's the important guest that's coming to your home. It's the presidential wave, right? You're standing in a crowd of people and, you know, we'll we'll use the president here, even though, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of cover for our presidents at all. So it's hard for us to imagine, or, you know, the queen or the king or anybody who's important. And you're standing there and the president catches your eye and waves to you. So again, on the one hand, there's this exhilaration, that you're having this contact. And on the other hand, there's this fear mingled with it that this is my moment I want to look my best I want I want to be my best this is the kind of fear that we want to have so we have this closeness of Elo, but we also have the coronation of the king that's coming up and it's the specialness of the relationship that's supposed to create the fear okay the last thing I want to say which just goes into a little bit more personally is that um, another idea which is really interesting is that you know the run explains that when ahava and yira are mixed together uh he describes this yira as in the phrase ritiya. Ritiya means to recoil to step back much like in the physical world if you would put your hand into a fire obviously you know if all your nervous system was working as it should your natural reaction would be to pull your hand out of the fire so this kind of fear in the physical world is a metaphor for the way we should feel in our avodas hashem we have to have a certain yiras hashem you know oh no i oh i almost turned on the light switch on shabbos oh my goodness thank god i didn't right oh no i almost ate milk after fleishiks. right so this kind of fear or or let's say a moral type of fear you know oh no i could never lie about my age or my kids age just to get them into disney world cheaper right i could never do such a thing i know people do it but i couldn't do such a thing so the idea here is that we should take pleasure in the fact that our fear keeps us from doing certain things that's a positive type of fear i've developed a fear of crossing over certain boundaries. And that should give me joy. And that should give me a sense of happiness that I have this level of fear. The last idea that I want to leave you with, and I hope I'm not going too far over time, you can stop me if you want, Uh, is, you know, each one of us is very, very different. We all have a different air, a different raw material that Hashem gives us. Some of us are naturally Ahava Jews, and some of us are naturally Yira Jews, right? The Yira Jew is the one who wants to do everything right. You know, he's the person who wants to know the halacha. He wants to make sure he's doing the right thing. You know, Balei Tshuva are very often like this, you know, I remember this joke. It says, how many balay tshuva does it take to screw in a light bulb? Have you heard this one, ladies? It's, uh, you know, well, it takes 10. One to screw in the light bulb and nine to say, are you sure you're doing that the right way? Okay, I don't hear you laughing, but I hope you are. But anyway, the idea here is that, you know, this is a person who really gets dim, who really understands that Hashem is the master and the judge and, and the one who, uh, you know, gives out justice. He worries about the rules. The Ahavadju, on the other hand, his main motivation is the love, the connection, to be inspired, to feel elevated, right? He loves tefillah, right? He's bodidus, he loves to work on himself in this way. And each one of us have a certain drive in Aravot Hashem. Ahava is based in the heart and it builds internality, but Yira is based more on the externals in the body, doing the details of the halacha correctly. And the truth is, it's a shame for the person who does the externals but has no connection, right? As Rav Noah Hoimer used to say, to be a good robot, to be the vending machine type of Jew, you know? But the same thing is true of the Ahavaju, Jew, right? The person who has connection, but no structure to contain all of their great emotions and feelings. They're not framed by halacha, right? So it's very important for us to create this balance, right? The year up person loves kashus, a kashya share. They're very into bug checking, which is very important. Right. But the Ahava Jew wants to hear about the want to hear about great ideas that move them. They want to get excited and passionate and intense. And women, we naturally are like that many of us. Right. We're naturally moved and inspired and want to share it with the world. But the complete Jew has to work on both sides of himself. We need Ahava, but we also need Yira because Rosh Hashanah is coming. And we need to reconcile the details and the depth of relationship with each other, also, in order to become a whole person. So, again, just to conclude, the Avoda of Elul is to get into the positivity of this month, to get into expanding yourself, what you're already good at, what you already do. Do it better. Because the guest is coming and you wanna look your best and you want everything to be spick and span right and top notch so do what you're doing and do it even better do positive actions with other people because there's a sweetness in a hashem and in this way by doing this this is so essential for understanding din in the right way having a healthy perspective on judgment because when we do this we see hashem not as a teacher who sadistically punishes a child, but rather as a child who's being put in line by a loving teacher, by someone who loves him. So to understand Din, we have to first understand the closeness we can build in this month through our actions, which are all about being positive and gentle with ourselves and capitalizing on that, which we already do well. Thank you so much for listening, ladies. Thank you, Naomi. And have thank a you,
0: Devora. That was so beautiful. That was amazing. I'm no so man, glad at the end that we <laughs> decided to, to come on. It was so special, so beautiful. I knew you would be extraordinary. You. you were. Thank you
1: so much. And thank you. Thank have you. A beautiful new year, and we should experience Mashiach all together. Amen. And Amen. And Amen. Amen. So Amen.
0: just we have thank a few more so minutes much. left. Right, guys. Before you start speaking, we have a few minutes left. Mi'ira Ranan is from our group is going to give us a few minutes. Uh, as I said before, Mi'ira and her husband, who is a very well-known artist, uh, Israeli artist, incredible, beautiful artist, one of my favorites I have to put in again. <laughs> um, they had a fire a few years ago. I don't know if you know this. Um, and he lost all of his work in his studio. He had to rebuild and Mira, um, Mira texted me this morning, or actually a Javier texted me this morning, telling me that Mira had reached out and said that she would like to speak because the fire, that fires that are going on in Israel right now, actually, we're we're coming towards her Moshav. She wants to um, share a few words of Emuna, please go ahead.
2: Please Mm -hmm. go ahead, Mira. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you so much. So um, the fire fire was very, very close. It surrounded the moshav on all sides. Um, Baruch Hashem, it was was really a a total miracle that it didn't come into the moshav as it did last time. Um, So I wanted to talk to you a bit about Amunah. My husband, when his studio burnt last time, he had such a level of amunah. I said it last time. I want to say it again. He watched his studio burn because we were trapped. We couldn't get out of our moshav. And right from the first moment, he said, Hakol everything, everything is um, from Hashem. Sunday afternoon, <laughs> the fire again all around our moshav. For hours, we didn't know. Part of the moshav evacuated. We didn't know if we would have to evacuate or not. And my husband again, he was calm, cool, and collected. And um, I must say that I need to work on my amuna because um, I wish I would have been more in that place. I mean, I I, I tried. I said mismor Lutoda with chayas Nigun. Um, I I was davening Hashem, Hashem, keil rachum Um, and it was really hard for me. Um, It was really, really a miracle that the wind blew the other way. The wind blew eastward. We were fortunate, but it left in its wake a path, a path of destruction, where dunams and dunams of forest were burnt and destroyed. The fire went over valleys and hills and came all the way to another moshav, Ramat Raziel, where our friends uh, Shoshana and uh, Micha Harari live. And unfortunately, uh, their harp shop was totally burnt. They've been making biblical harps for the past 40 years. Her clinic next to her house was burnt. The the fire came right up to their door. Ruch Hashem did not burn their door. Okay, so I thought, I'm going to call her and give her some consolation. I've been through this. And I call her up, and she is just like my husband in such a place of in Amuna in every cell of her body. And she says to me, you know, we were in the desert for 40 years because Hashem wanted to know, are you with me or not? And she said, this is totally 100% for, from Hashem. And um, she she was just in such a place of bitachon in Amuna in every cell of her body. And she gave me such chizuk. And I realized that emunah is he's a man. It's like it's something that we need to practice. And Desrat Hashem, I would like to come to this level where where my husband said to me, like, where where's all your learning? Like, where's all your meditation? Where's all your teaching? Like, when it comes down to it, do you believe or don't you believe? And both Toshana and my husband both said to me, remember. We don't leave here with anything. We're just passing through. So that's one thing I wanted to share with you. The other thing I wanted to share with you was before the fire, I was learning this Torah by the altar rabbi, Anila Dodi V'do and he was talking about how the king is in the field. He's in ordinary clothes. He's accessible. We go out to receive the light of his countenance. Ya'er Hashem panave Hashem will shine his countenance upon you. And this is the 13 meter of rachamim that allows us to greet Hashem face-to-face. Of course, it's up to us. It's Anila Dodi. And I was thinking, like, Hashem, like, you're in the field with your 13 meter of rachamim and your fields are burning, like, Hashem, like, I don't understand. Like, what is this? And then yesterday, three days after the fire, I... We drove out of the Moshav and I saw the fi- what the fire had done for the first time. And I saw that the fire was surrounded by a nature reserve, and, and the fire burned half of the nature reserve. And it was just on its way up the hill into our moshav, and it stopped. And I realized that this was Chaste Hashem. And so for me, this... Um, vision of I think it's important for us to pray for Amuna, to ask for Amuna, to have a vision of what does Amuna look like for you. And for me, Amuna looks like how Hashem in his great mercy stopped this fire from entering Armoshav. It it went around Armoshav in a circle and not only in Armoshav, in many other of the Yeshuvim, the fire came right up to the end. And didn't enter into the into the into the yeshuvim. I just wanted to share this with all of you and just bless me, bless you all, that in this month of Elul with Hashem in the field and the 13 Midod of Rachamim, that Hashem have mercy on us and strengthen us all in our Amuna that whenever, whenever we're faced with challenges, that we know that with every cell of our body that Hashem loves us, what he's doing is. Totally, totally, for our good. So, Naomi, thank you for letting me speak, and I wish you all a chodesh tov. I just want to say one last thing: on on Rosh Hashanah, when we blow the shofar, we're begging Hashem to move from the kisei of din to the kisei of rachamim. And so, I've been saying over and over, Hashem, Hashem, keil Rahum, That's my prayer. I think it's very good to have a prayer that speaks to you that you're mm-hmm. repeating, and so. I just bless us all in Am Yisrael that Hashem moves from his kisei of din to his kisei of Rahamim. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for sharing. Thank, that. You. Thank you. That was so unbelievable. Wow. So <clears throat> I, I am <clears throat> so a little bit very moved right now by today. <clears throat> um, I just want to a shout out a Mazel Tov, to two of the people in our group, Yehuda Shamroth is marrying off her son tonight. They should have, she should, they should have simcha and simchas and only good things, and she can, she continue having great naches from all her children. <clears throat> and um, Lisa Hershkov, <throat> last week or two weeks ago, I can't even remember ready, she married off her son in Lakewood. She's, she's in Toronto, so we want to wish her a mazel tov, where she consi- continue to see only mazel and bracha for all of Am Yisrael, Only simchas, simchas. And the greatest simcha of all, the greatest simcha of all, is the simcha of Geula, of, of, of the building of the base of Migdash. Please Hashem, please Hashem already. We want it, we want it, we need it. We have to show Hashem how much we want. it. Amen. So on that thank you I'm going to share Devora's Devora's um Devora Vales um uh uh contact she is doing coaching she does have a podcast I will share that with everybody thank you Devora I know that it was not easy it was not easy for her to come on this morning so we have a tremendous akara Satov. and um